Is this more Mangione? Yes, it's an all-Mangione week. Nick DeGilio is out for the week. I'm Brian Noonan. I get to spend the time with you until Nick returns next week. 312-981-7200 is how you get a hold of us and get involved in the conversation. And I'm sure my next guest will spur a conversation. He always does. He's always he's always uh, got people asking him questions because he is a world-renowned pet expert and a host here on WGN. You know Steve Dale. I know Steve Dale. Everybody loves Steve Dale. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Feels so good. I remember when I was a DJ playing that song on the radio. Yeah, now that's a different one. Is that the same one we played last night? No, that's a different one. We all oh, it was all Chuck Mangione talk last night, Steve. What did What did I just hear then? This was well. That's that was Chuck that, Mangione too. Yeah, that was "Give It All You Got." Oh. Ah, I played that too. I really <laughs> did. That was kind of like the moderate hit. Yeah, that uh, one, so that's so a record. secondary. That's his. Uh, that's his B side for big hits. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was at a radio station that played mostly B sides. <laughs> that that would make sense. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I am well. There's a lot going on. Uh, we're going to talk. Obviously, we're going to talk about pets. And if you have a question yeah. for Steve, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. But I want to talk to you because you are a city dweller. You you. Uh, post uh, frequently on social media platforms, and yesterday I saw that the protest was basically rolling right by your house. One of the yeah, one of the protests. Much. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know we were like, do we go out there? Should we be a part of this or not? And uh, frankly, uh, I I believe in the cause and the justification very much. Uh, for the protest. I understand that and agree with it. And the only concern was potential violence. And as it rolled by or began rolling by, it was clear that these folks were loud, uh, but it was uh, almost a parade. I mean, there were people there that passionately believed, and I'd say most of them, passionately believed in what they were protesting for. There were a fair number of people, younger people in general, who just seemed to be there to have a party, or maybe they had nothing else to do. Okay. Uh, the, the, what was interesting to me, and we've seen this in images all over the country, uh, that many of the protesters, and in this instance, I'd argue more than half, were Anglo-Saxon. You know, they were not, you know, yeah. the, the, I don't know what percent were African-American or not, or Hispanic, I, I don't know, but, but most of them were not. Uh, there were children there, and, and disturbing to me, there were dogs there, disturbing because it was really loud, yeah. and the dogs did not seem anything except for very anxious. That's I, why that was disturbing. Yeah, and it's it's funny, I thought of you the other night as I was watching footage of various protests around around the country, and in one of them, a guy had his dog there. And yeah. my wife and I looked at each other, and... Yes, we were concerned about all the people there. We were concerned about everything else. But it just seemed so weird that you would take your dog to a protest. Well, if it's a family thing and you know it's not going to turn violent, but yeah, but you don't know. And right. the other thing is that it was just so loud. Right. I mean, you know, but I, I would argue, you know, a lot of city dogs, our dogs, you know, uh, our dog acclimated to festivals and those sorts of things. I still don't take her very often to those things. Yeah. But she's been there enough and grew up in the city. We live near Lakeshore Drive. I mean, she is used to too much noise. Uh, you know, and, and we were watching it go by, and I cannot tell you why exactly, Brian, but it, it kind of, they're right. And, and yeah. it got to me a bit. And then, 
what they didn't have, unfortunately, so there were no police. Now, okay. one could argue legitimately police weren't needed. It was very peaceful. Right. What would have been nice, though, is some, someone there, if not police, the traffic control people, because you had a line of cars waiting to cross that we're not going to cross. I right. mean, there were thousands of people. We were standing there nearly an hour watching wow. the people go by. And, and uh, this was a street that's a bus route. So the bus driver came at around 15, 20 minutes after we had been there. Uh, she just got out of her bus. She was like a block away. And, and she walked over. And she began watching. And she was videotaping on her phone. And uh, she asked me, she said, how long has this been going on? And I told her how long we were standing there. And we were there pretty much at the start. And I told her that, too. Uh, and uh, then she looked at me and said, this is absolutely wonderful. You don't know what this means to me. And I said, you're right. Right. I can't know, uh, but I'm sorry. And and I'm doing it now, but she actually began to cheer up, and I did too. And I didn't know this lady, an yeah. African-American. I didn't say that. I, and that's important in this story. And uh, as I said, a bus driver. Uh, and uh, then, then she said, was there any violence at all? I said, no, not at all. And she put her hands together as if to pray. And I said, yeah, I, d I don't want the messaging to be lost. And she right. said, that's right. And she continued the video. I, I saw I one more thing. I said, I wish, and I regret not hugging her. I said, I wish I could hug you, but, you know, we've got this thing going on. Yeah. And she said, I understand. And, uh, but boy, I regret not hugging her anyway. And, uh, you know, people, people were coming together. So, what we don't see on TV enough, and I totally understand why, because the other side of this is horrible, devastating. I can't even, I mean, we know people who have lost businesses. Yeah. I just found out about one today. I mean, it's absolutely terrible what, what has happened in that regard. But the vast majority of people are there for, as I think I described, for all the right reasons. And, you know, then they went on north and they ended up in, uh, in uh, at, at, right outside a Target store, actually, on um, Sunnyside and Broadway. Yeah. And uh, they just all sat down. A lot of us have seen those images. Uh, and there was nothing violent to come of that until it got dark. And then lots of stores in the community were looted. And uh, that's, that's the very sad part. Yes, it is. Uh, now, how, how about tonight? Everything, anything going on up there so, tonight? So what's interesting, so I'm not in your newsroom, but I do have news for you of sorts. First of all, just where I sit, we're right on Lakeshore Drive, and I don't know if Lakeshore Drive is closed. It must be because I see zero cars going south. Okay. Uh, we're between Irving Park and Addison, so see zero cars going south, a handful of cars periodically going north, which is nice for us because it's really quiet because we have our windows open. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, and the other thing that is even nicer regarding quiet, we don't hear sirens often. And okay. last night and the night before and the night before, we were hearing them every one second, you know. Um, the other thing that I have that the newsroom can follow up on secondhand that should not be a surprise, according to my source, but please, I... I hesitate to say this on the radio, except that 
But you will. Except that, but I will. Uh, and I will for a reason that will become evident in a second. All you right. know, uh, a lot of the calls tonight, apparently, and you get some of the, you know, Chicago's a big city. You may yeah, get yeah. some of these calls every night. But a, a, a surprising, or not so surprising, but inordinate, unusual number of the calls are suicide. Oh. And, uh, you know, this has been such an incredible, stressful time in so many different ways. I am not surprised. And experts have been predicting uh, more suicides. I'm on a, a national task force. Yeah. on uh, the relationship between domestic violence and our companion animals. Uh, and and anecdotally, those experts, I'm not one, but those experts that sit on that panel with me have said, yes, it seems as though there is more domestic violence. The numbers at this point are very squishy. But they're not surprised that that, that would be the case. Uh, uh, well, so Steve, I just Steve, thought that take, that is interesting. That is, that is very interesting and very sad. Um, and we're going to we're going to we got to take a quick break. But when we come back, mm-hmm. I want to talk to you based on what you said about the task force you're on and, and pets and uh, domestic violence. But it is a very stressful time. Are our pets picking up on that? Is my are my dogs more stressed because I'm more stressed? Steve Dale is here. Uh, of course, you know you can always go to stevedalepetworld.com to get all Steve's articles, all the information about Steve. You can hear him here Sunday mornings at five thirty. And if you have a question for Steve, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Steve Dale is here. It's Brian in for Nick seven twenty WGN. Brian Noonan in for Nick. Steve Dale is my guest. You know Steve Dale. Do you have a pet question? 312-981-7200. Before we get into our our pets uh, dealing with our stress, Steve, Beth has been hanging on, and uh, she has a question for you. Hi, Beth. Hi, Brian. And Steve is here. Good to talk to you. I've been a fan forever. I'm like your fangirl. Well, thank you. I like that. You hear that, Steve? <laughs> well, I got fangirls. No, what do you and think also, that? no. A couple of years ago, I heard you moonlighting on six seventy in Wisconsin. Boom, boom. Oh, sure. I'm I'm everywhere. No, not what what market can't contain me. Yeah, you're like a ninja of radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, see, Steve. What do you think of that? Huh? Hmm? I, I'm 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 impressed by that. In fact, you know what? I I got you last week on my poster of it. I mean, you're everywhere. I am. I'm, yeah, he's at all over the place. I'm very enigmatic. I one day and, I'm on your toaster oven, one day I'm in the radio, one day I'm just outside your window throwing rocks and singing. And also, weren't you weren't you on some game shows back in the day? Beth, Isn't that how you finance your family? Listen, Beth, uh, we could go into my uh, admittedly impressive on, resume, baby. but can I ask Steve a question? Yes, that's what I was hoping you were waiting for. I, I am going to because I am it's blushing be a- right now. It's going to be a bittersweet history, but oh boy. Also, I, I, oh boy. I also wanted to tell you that, um, Brian, I'm glad when I called in tonight that there was a friend there when my friend is gone. If there would have been just some strange, weird guy, I probably would have scratched out my own eyes. Yikes. Well, what, well, what know, happened, Nick Beth? Is, what happened? Nick is my rock, and then there was you, so that's fine. Well, that's I'm I'm glad we're here to help. What's what's going on? What's your pet question? Okay, well, so uh, the reason I want to tell the history is because when I first moved to Wisconsin, I took a large, lassie-looking cow- collie that was a male, 
to my home. Mm-hmm. And he went out chasing chickens, and I lost him. And his name was Lucky, and he would keep the kids from standing up on the top of the slide like he, he's a herder. Sure. And I wanted to replace him for my son, and so I ended up getting a Sheltie that was just the opposite. She was black, and I named her Jinx. Okay. You know, Lucky Jinx. You can't replace Lucky. So I lost her about a year ago, and my daughter bought me a new dog this year, and she's an Australian blue healer, which I understand in the 1850s, they bred collies with dingoes. I was going to have a so dingo we, once, but I heard they take babies. And that's. Uh, uh, well, do not, no, uh, that's, I do not want to get involved in that. the children's stuffed animals. <laughs> yeah. But um, she, she's from the city. Apparently, she was too rambunctious for a city home. Could and be. she loved the. She loves oversauced sandwiches. They say a German Shepherd won't let you in, but an Australian Blue Healer will not let you out. How to manage her? She can oh. stand on hind legs. She can fly over couches. So you want to know how to how to tame this dog? How to get this dog to I behave? Just want, yeah, she. It's like there having an ornery four year old. Steve, we've got All to right, the so rather, the rather than use the word tame, what I'd like to say is let's give this dog jobs. The more we can give the dog to do, the better. So I wrote a blog post about how to teach your own dog at home to find things, like a search and rescue dog. Ooh. You've got the exact kind of dog and temperament to do this. So uh, you can teach your dog to find your car keys, for example, which is, for me anyway, a really handy thing. <laughs> uh, your eyeglasses. So truly, you could actually teach your dog to do that too long to explain on the radio, but here are some things I can tell you. Enrich the environment. Put things in the environment that will interest your dog every day, and they could be because dogs live by their nose. So sprinkle a little of your perfume on some paper towel or a clean rag. Put it in a corner just so the dog isn't the type of dog to chew on it or swallow it. Uh, but that's interesting to a dog. Hide treats in random places around the house. So randomly, when your dog's spirits move him, he will go ahead and search for those treats. Don't put them just on the ground. Put them in toys. There are now a myriad of treat-dispensing toys on the market. It'll give your dog things to do. Also, make sure you're teaching your dog things. This is a dog that's really smart and needs to always learn. And that's kind of fun for you to do. To come up with new things to teach your dog, aside from sit, stay, and roll over, you can teach all sorts of things for your dog to do. Everything from giving you a high five to finding a hula hoop at a store and having your dog jump through it. (laughs) All sorts of things, all sorts of fun things you can do. And here's a dog to do it with, and a dog who really needs to do these things. All right. Well, Beth, I hope that uh, I hope that helps. Thank you for the call. Have a wonderful night. And listen, quit stalking. Thank me, you Beth. so much. I've you been doing some of those welcome. things. Thanks for the validation, Steve. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care, Beth. Bye bye. Uh, Good night. Uh, oh, where do we go? There Good we night. go. So, all right, we're going to get into this. First of all, uh, congratulations on the use of the word myriad. That was fascinating. <laughs> Very good. All right, let's, thank you. Let's we'll we'll get started on this, and I know it'll take uh, more than a few minutes, but we can get started on this. We mm-hmm. you brought up before about dogs and domestic violence, and 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 uh, dogs being sensitive. Are our dogs in this really stressful time 
feeling a little different because we're stressed. And and even if even if we're trying not to be, there is there is stress whether you've lost your job because of the pandemic or what's going on now with the protests and the riots. That that's a stressful time. These last few months have been really rough. Are our dogs feeling it? Well, I'd actually add cats into the question too. You so know I think cats is. have no feelings, Steve. So I am but going they to do. I know they do. I tease. But they do. I tease and, all and the people with cats now are angry, but they know I'm teasing. I always tease you about cats. You do. Uh, but we know that they're built their brains are essentially built like ours. They're, they have the same you know, so years and years ago, if someone said, Do dogs have feelings? and people, oh, no, that's crazy. Well, <laughs> dog owners have known for hundreds of years that that's not true. Right. That of course, their dogs have feelings. And we now know, it's not my opinion, we know just by looking at the science, the chemistry of all this, that their own, their neurotransmitters, which work identical to ours, are about the same as ours. So, so they do have feelings. They may not feel it the same way we do. They certainly don't express it the same way. They are dogs. We're not. However, they really do have feelings. The other, things that we, the other thing that we know with cats, but even dogs much more so, they instantly pick up on how we feel. We don't even understand all the ways in which they do this. So one example, I can give you a personal example. My wife comes home. We are on the fifth floor of our condo building. Uh, we park in the back. We have a very old, unit, nice historic building, you know, with long hallways. So it's a very long unit. So uh, like 2,000 feet or something like that. So my wife parks at the very back, which is the very, very end. Our dog could be at the other end of our condo. And as my wife pulls in with windows closed in the winter even, yeah. or with air conditioning on and windows closed in the summer, our dog knows it. Yeah. How the heck? You know, and, and there was a guy who studied all this. I mean, our dog is not the only dog. No, one uh, of our dogs and, does that, too. She, yeah. The, you can hear the car pull up from wherever, and the dog goes crazy and goes and sits by the door and whines. And the researcher tried all sorts of things like, okay, come back from different directions, park a block away, all these yeah. things, and the dogs all still knew it. It's a fascinating research study, and there's a whole book about it now. But the point is that dogs, we don't even understand how well they understand us exactly. So, of course, they are picking up on our stress. Now, what we don't know, or, well, let me rephrase that. We do think we do know, and it works both ways. So, in part, they do help us and cats, too, to feel better. There's no doubt about that. Right. And I can describe exactly how. Having said that, I worry that some of these dogs themselves and cats are feeling our stress a bit too much and therefore getting anxious themselves. They don't know why. I mean, they don't know there's a pandemic going on. They don't know there's unrest in the street. They don't know you've lost your job, but they do know that you're unhappy or anxious and in any case, not acting your typical self. And they try to console us in many cases. And again, in some cases, I worry because I think some of these animals, which ones, I don't know, but some of these animals <laughs> actually then themselves become anxious. And, and that's, you know, unfortunate, you know, and I feel badly about that. Uh, then what we try to do, if we're aware of it, is we try to make them happy because we care so much. 
And in doing so, we do all these silly things, which makes us feel better. Um, and, and there's no huh. question that even on, on the very, very simplest level, studies have been done to demonstrate this. Just walking your dog is something nice you're doing for the community. Because as I walk past the dog, or you walk past, or anyone walks past the dog, endorphins in their heads, and our heads, do this little happy dance, and they can't help but to do that. And that's this split second of, of happiness, if you will, or, or we smile. And even in cultures where there is some concern about dogs culturally in different places in the world, they show pictures of dogs, and the same thing happens in their brains. Yeah, I so want to get into that because I was reading I was reading an article today about what happens to your dog's brain because we have been home a lot more than we usually are. So I want to get into that with you. We got to take a quick break. If you have a question for Steve Dale, 312-981-7200. Steve is here for a little while. We're talking about all things pets because well, that's what we do when we talk to Steve Dale. We talk about all things pets <laughs> and protests and, you know, my uh my teasing about cats, which always gets people a little nuts. But Steve, no! hang on We'll be right back. It's Brian for Nick, WGN. It's Brian Nooner for Nick D. Nick will be back next week. I am here with you this week. And a man who, you know, puts the Bee Gees to shame when it comes to wearing a white suit and strutting down the street. Steve Dale is here. If you have a pet question for Steve, you know how to get a hold of me. 312-981-7200. You can always follow Steve at uh, stevedalepetworld.com. Read all Steve's articles, things, uh, all things Steve Dale, all things pet at stevedalepetworld.com. Sunday mornings at 530 here on WGN. Okay, before we get into how happy our pets are that we've been home for so long uh mary has a question for you steve she's in lombard hi mary hi steve um i grew up with a beagle that chewed on everything you know i still have pieces of wooden furniture that he chewed on i now have a border terrier who is nine years old he does not have a destructive bone in his body does not chew on anything. He has a box of rubber toys. Some are tough. Some are delicate thin. And he just knows the difference in what he can chew on or not among all his rubber toys. And is this typical of the oh, sure. breed I mean, so of dogs I, I just, or what? Yeah, so I, I just did a blog post actually uh, this morning. Uh, where I answered a question from a reader who said, oh, my, my dog is chewing on my kid's fingers. What do I do? Um, and it's a little puppy. But but I said, okay, here's what you do. You know, it could be the beetle just wasn't taught from a young age. Uh, this is what you chew on, and this isn't what you chew on. And by the way, I love border terriers. So oh, if they I are were sweet. to choose it, I, they are wonderful. Nobody knows about them. You have to keep it a secret. Right. They're hard to find. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, if I were to choose the terrier tomorrow, it would be a border terrier. Really? Why? Yeah. What, what makes them so special? You know, they're, they're, they're really smart and they're fun, but above and beyond that, they are uh, unlike terriers in some ways. They're, they are more like beagles in some ways. They they don't bark quite as much. They're, they're oh, not mine as tenacious. Mine will bark. <laughs> Yours barks. But, well, but in general, you know, I'm not saying they're completely quiet, but but in general, they they don't have that uh, the terrier demeanor that that uh, that determined terrier terror. There's some guys instead of terriers, they're called terrors sometimes. Yes. 
you know, uh, and and not the border terrier. They're, they're just sweet. They're they're not another terrier. Extremely affectionate. Well, yeah, Steve, what? you're you know you're going down a dangerous road. Let's just say Steve Dell likes border terriers, uh, and Steve Dell likes all uh, cats and dogs. Uh, I'm not sure where you fall on I reptiles, do. but uh, you know, I love them. Sure, of course, love you do. reptiles. <laughs> Love reptiles. Mary, did we but, answer your uh, question? Or is she... <laughs> yeah, well, is, is this uh, being not... Uh, no, I forgot. Is it typical of the breed or dogs in general to not not be destructible? I mean, he just... He's, when I go no, out, he's but, loose in here and he doesn't touch people have, dogs, people have had dogs for a long time and their houses are still standing. You know, it's, it's just a matter of teaching a dog at a young age. I didn't really have to teach him. When he, I got mm-hmm. him at nine weeks. When he was a puppy, I had to tell him no about certain things about a half dozen times, and I'm not kidding. And he just, even as a little puppy, he just didn't touch things either. Well, so I, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's uh, Steve, and correct me if I'm wrong, and Mary, thank you for the call. Uh, dogs like people, and I'm sure cats the same way. Some are, some act one way, some act another. You know, I've had I've had a couple dogs that were big diggers. I've had other dogs that didn't, never dug, never chewed anything, just laid around. They were, you know, so every everything is different. Sure, we, we, sure. we got a text, and um, now you know I tease about I tease about cats because I'm a dog guy. But somebody texted and they were upset. They were, why are dogs so important? What? Why? You know, this is somebody who doesn't like dogs. They don't understand why people get all excited about dogs. Why they're so important? Uh, the text did not come from Tom Hush, but uh, <laughs> Tom Tom empathized and uh, promoted this text because he also has an issue with dogs. What is your issue with dogs? Well, let me let me preface this by saying if. Someone put a clipboard in front of me that said end cruelty towards dogs and puppy mills. I'd sign it. I'd vote for it in Congress. All right. I, so I, we I wish. You, you, don't, you don't wish harm on I, dogs. I want that on the record. I want that on the record. So entered. However, in my neighborhood, I can't tell you how frustrated I get with the amount of dog droppings that just get left just that left all around and everybody's got a dog everybody and their mother's got a dog and they've got big dogs small dogs medium-sized dogs Do you they know have white terriers? dogs black Those dogs are steve's favorite i get I, you know terriers. i couldn't i couldn't tell you the difference between a border terrier and a trash can it's just they're it's all the same to me <laughs> well one's a it's, dog and one's an inanimate object <laughs> we'll start what? basics uh, basic. but the, the point the point is the point is is that i live in a very dog centric world i am a cat man steve i actually adopted my first cat i never had a i never had a, a pet growing up my mom was allergic no pets i got i t- i adopted an adult cat he's amazing uh i love yeah. him he's sweet for you. i can't i can't believe how happy i am but i live in a very dog eat dog world dog love dog world so how does how does someone who does not enjoy the presence of dogs uh try to be a little bit more I don't know, positive about them being accepting? around, Ex- accepting, because I'm not, I'm not going to tell someone, oh, you can't have a dog, but there's dogs in my building, there's dogs on my street, there's dogs everywhere, <laughs> I don't know what to do, help me. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, about not picking up, 
that is not the fault of the dogs. That's the fault of the people on the other end of the leash who have the dog. Yes, it and is. hopefully that dog is on a leash because of the law and for the safety of dogs and for the safety of people. So uh, people need to leash their dogs uh, unless they're in a dog park or a dog-friendly area, uh, as they're called in Chicago, and they need to pick up after the dogs. That is in the best interest of dogs as well as in the best interest of our shoes. I mean, that's the right thing to do. Uh, so I don't disagree with you about that, and I campaign for people picking up after the dogs. But if you're a responsible dog owner, then my dog is not bothering you yeah. in any way whatsoever. Yeah, my dogs so, would never bother you, Tom. They'd sense, you know, they'd see the knit hat and the hipster beard, and they'd <laughs> oh, say, oh, yeah, we're staying away buddy. from him. Oh. Yeah, so, so I... I, I mean, do you dislike dogs, or do you I, just, I, I get uncomfortable? I get uncomfortable around them, even if they are there. You know, I I know what a a, a beautiful were you bitten thing. by a dog as a kid? Um, not that I can distinctly remember. I've just always been on a little uncomfortable around dogs. Uh, the, you know, the the slobber. I will say I am slightly allergic. Nothing serious that would preclude me from being around dogs outside of. You know, my my eyes get a little yeah. itchy, get a little bit of wheeziness, but nothing that I would call a medical issue. Uh, they just they just make me a little uncomfortable, and I feel bad going over to someone's house, and they might have a beautiful dog, even well behaved. You yes. know, not coming up on you, not bothering you, or anything like that. But they're just like, oh, look at how beautiful my dog is. Don't you just want to pet him? Don't you just want to be all up near him? And I feel terrible <laughs> because I'm like, no, that's the actually the exact opposite of what I want to be doing right now. And I don't know how to how to be kinder, I suppose the word is. There's no hope well, for him, is there, Steve? Uh, probably not. I'm okay. not even sure he's a real person <laughs> that you asked. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I wish I had known this about you, Tom. Uh, yeah, it's actually, I, so, I wish I had known it, too, because I, it's, mm, I don't know. Yeah, you know, uh, for people that have fear of dogs, and usually people who do, have had a bad experience with dogs at some point in their life. I mean, we know that. Um, for people that are generally uncomfortable around them, it's usually a lack of positive experiences. Uh, so what I suggest you do is find someone to watch your cat for a couple of days, and you go to someone's house who's out of town that has a dog, and take care of their dog for a couple of days. Ooh. Your opinion, I think, will change. Exposure therapy. Um, Total immersion. Yeah. I mean, if you were terrified, I wouldn't recommend that. But you're not terrified. You're just a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that would solve the problem either that or, you know, WGN doesn't pay you enough. So dog walk on the side. <laughs> uh, make it feel like the that way. Yeah, then you can set a good example for other people in your neighborhood by picking up the poop. Yeah, hopefully. Exactly. That would be good. Exactly. And those bags actually should say WGN Radio, Brian Noonan Show on it. Boom. Wow. Because what do you say? My show is full of what? Is I didn't say that. I, I would I, never say that. I, I know you you're wouldn't just say sponsoring it. a cleaner Chicago. That's, that's all you're doing. I am all about a cleaner Chicago. Uh, let's let's take a quick break. Now that we know that Tom is a, a person without a soul, we're going to take a quick break, <laughs> try to regroup, uh, and then we'll, let's get back to because our, we have been home with our dog, Steve. But one day, yeah. one day, this pandemic will end, and we will have to leave the house. And what will our dogs and cats? What will our dogs and cats say? Will our cats even care? I don't know. They're probably. Yeah. 
they may be upset. They may be upset that we're home so much, interrupting their their you know day to day routine. They probably have it down. Exactly. They're like, it's eight o'clock. I usually have a lot of stuff that I do when you leave. And you're not leaving. So we'll talk all about that. If you have a, a pet question for Steve or, or any advice for Tom, um, and therapy probably, 312-981-7200. That's how you get a hold of us. Steve Dale is here. Uh, we will talk more with Steve and with you after this. It's WGN. All right. Hungry eyes. Very nice. Steve Dale is with me. Uh, if you have a question for Steve, 312-981-7200. We are talking all things pets. All right, we've been uh, we've been jumping around, but I do want to get back to this, Steve, because we have been home. So our dogs, our cats, our pets have been have started to get used to us being there. And we were talking we started to talk a little bit earlier about the how they are are they happier that we're home? Is it is is the fact that we're hanging around with them? You know, we joke that oh, the dogs must be happy because now they never have to be apart from us. Um, and I don't. I, and I'm I'm sure as much as I tease, I I know there are cats that really want to be with people too. But is it is is that just us projecting because we're happier that we get to stay around our dogs or cats longer? Oh, no. I mean, most dogs want us to be there. You know, it reminds me of a cartoon that you would have enjoyed uh, that I saw that has one dog saying, I love this pandemic. I hope, you know, a little bubble that says, I love this pandemic. I hope it goes on forever. (laughs) Another dog sitting under a table in the corner saying, I like my people, but I'm exhausted. I cannot take these walks every (laughs) two hours. Yeah. Because we're, all we're doing is taking our dogs for walks. And oh, then there's a cat in the corner saying, I can't stand this. Get the heck out of my house. So, <laughs> to the people. Yeah. I... But, so, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. But in general, our, our dogs and really our cats are enjoying the fact that we're there. And this actually concerns me because when life returns right. to whatever that new normal is, if we go back, to the office, for those that do go back to the office, it's like you're there and you're not there. And the great news is that so many people have adopted dogs at this time. Yeah. I love that, of course. But now some of these dogs have not been alone. You've been with them All or right. some family member anyway, been with them the whole time. And shelter dogs might be more predisposed to separation anxiety anyway, combined with dogs that once had separation anxiety. You've treated it, you've dealt with it this way or that way, and now the dog is better. Well, now the dog is going to regress uh, for sure. And, mm-hmm. and then there's the third group of dogs, which are dogs that are like a lot of people. Change is just hard, you know? Yeah. So, so here's your new routine. You got used to it. And now no one is sending you an email in advance with an explanation of why there's going to be yet another new routine. And those dogs might have difficulty adjusting, actually. So for those three buckets of dogs, if you will, I do predict, and we're beginning to see it, you know, that more separation anxiety and dealing with that separation anxiety, which is horrible, that uh, many of these dogs have. Well, it's, uh, you know, it is a reality, and, and they would, they'll, you know, when when that starts happening, of course, we will uh, we will talk about how to, how to fix that. But right now, other people want to ask you questions, and I sure. don't I don't like to monopolize all your time on the air. I do that <laughs> off the air. That's when I monopolize your time. But Barbara is in Lincolnwood, and she has a problem. Hi, Barbara. 
Hi, Steve and Brian. Uh, I have a dog. He's a pug chihuahua, like a chug. I don't know. He, he, has a, he has a beagle face, but his body is real skinny and very long legs. But he, he mm-hmm. weighs 15 pounds. But anyway, um, the problem is I, I walk him at least three times a day. When One is a real long walk. And then when we come back, he want, he wants to play, and I chase him, and then he has to go crazy running, you know, and then finally that's the end of the the whole deal. But the problem is when I, whenever I go to put the harness on him, or even if I just walk to where the harness and leash are, is hanging, he starts running away. Like he'll hide, you know, behind, I have a divider he hides, and I have to chase him. But it's not a play. I mean, he's like... It's very frustrating. To, I have to sneak up on him or else I, I may put it on sometimes when he's sleeping. Then I'll put the harness on him. But he wants to go for the walks, right? He, he wants to go for the harness. Once, he, once that's on, he's fine. You know, then he's very happy and we walk like an hour, mm-hmm. one of the walks. And so, he goes wherever he wants, you know. And So what should she happy. do, Steve? What should Barbara do? Well, there's apparently a, an aversion to the harness uh, or the leash. Uh, or both. So what I suggest you do is if your dog can have a special treat, a very, very special treat, uh, little tiny pieces of hot dog or something really amazing, whatever is amazing to your dog, or if your dog is more motivated by toys, a squeaky toy, but whatever turns on your dog the most, take out that Uh toy, use that treat, one or the other, only use that treat or that toy for this purpose, which would be to... Interact with the dog with that for a second. Put it on and then take it off. And then interact with your dog either by getting a treat or two or with the toy. And, again, put it on and take it off. Don't chase the dog around the house. Don't corner the dog. Call your dog to you. Have your dog sit. Give your dog that amazing treat. So call your dog to you. Have the dog sit rather than that chase game where your dog might be afraid. And I don't want to intensify that fear, and I want to break that cycle, too. So call Uh your dog to you, have your dog sit, and then put the thing on, and then give your dog another treat, take it off, and then go watch TV or read a book. An hour later or two hours later, whenever you have the chance, do the same thing and keep doing it over and over, and eventually your dog won't mind it. And, in fact, if you want, you can even give it a cue. Like now we're going for a walk or something like that, and and make it and make it positive. Uh huh. Well, I hope that helps, Barbara. And he's he's not a big eater. In fact, I have to like beg him to eat whatever you know, even if it's like a hamburger and rice and carrot, whatever. So, but I think that it's, but he loves toys. Yeah, so no. I think that that's so, a good idea to get a sure. A, a so take whatever he says. I sense that by your description. So that's why it's a toys, and uh, whatever his favorite toy is, don't let him play with it ever again, except when you do this. Ah. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that helps, Barbara. That sounds a great idea. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. You're All welcome. right, Steve. Uh, I would. I was going to make a joke about uh, Jim's problem with his dog, but I think uh, the joke will be made in <laughs> itself. Uh, Jim's in Burroughs Park. Hi, Jim. What's uh, What's the issue? Hey, uh, well, it's uh, kind of like a Dr. Phil problem. I'm not quite sure. I love my dogs. I got uh, three dogs. I got two Huskies, 
and a Newfoundland puppy. She's about a year and a half old. She's when she gets excited, she humps my female husky, mm. <laughs> and we can't and we can't for the life of us figure out why. Now my male has no problems. Nobody's in heat. Nothing's happening there or nothing. But she's got a thing where she gets excited or. For some reason, she goes for my female husky and kind of overpowers her a little bit. She's a little bit bigger. You know, she's over 100 pounds, but she uh, overpowers my husky and humps her. Steve, do you have any experience what? with humping problems? Uh, I, have, uh, I have more experience than you might think with humping problems. <laughs> and some of that even includes with dogs. Hello. So, <laughs> but I'm So what? What I suggest you do, first of all, understand that this is not sexual. It is, for whatever reason, no. self-reinforcing to the dog. So what often happens in this case is the other dog, which would have been your husky, would reprimand at the very start. First time, second time it happens, and done. But your husky's tolerating it. Your husky may, I don't well, care no, one way or lets, the other. She lets her know. She lets her know. She, like, you know, she'll growl and, like, nip at her to, like, hey. You know, go find somebody else here. I'm uh, taking care of my own and, business. But uh, Okay, and your newbie's paying no attention, so the reprimand isn't strong enough. And that's okay. Right. So you can intercede here and just simply call your dog to you, clap your hands, go, <clears throat> something like that. If you want to say no, you could say no. The punishment yeah. part is... is is, let me just finish here, is, is not important. What is important is that you distract your dog in some way. I really don't want you to punish the dog. Distract your dog in some way. Much better word what, for what I mean than punishment. Distract your dog in some way. Call them both to you if you want, or at least call the Newfoundland to you. Have your Newfie sit and then say, good boy or girl. I'm not sure what you said. Or yeah, the girls. Uh, give the females. Okay. At, yeah. Uh, and and give one or the other or both a treat, you know, for coming oh, to you okay. and not for doing what they're doing. <laughs> uh, but so, just, yeah, they uh, can't, you but, don't give them the now, treat while they're humping. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no. See, the, the other thing is I, I always tell people, because they say, oh, my God, look at the big dogs. And I tell them they're not dogs. I tell them they're my kids dressed up like dogs. Wow, that's even, that makes your that makes your previous story even creepier, Jim. But uh, I, I, I hope Steve was able to help. And I want to thanks thanks for the call, Jim. I want to get to this, Steve, because we have been dog heavy with our calls. But Tony has a uh, has a cat issue. Hi, Tony. I love it. Yeah, I have a mink cat. He's about fifteen years ago years old. He has to sniff everything I'm eating, no matter what it is. But he actually will steal my apple fritters off the plate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for, for, so for dogs and cats, the only thing he steals is apple fritters. So, yeah, why is it yeah. that he's so into an apple fritter over anything else? And he does love those temptation treats. He eat those like crazy. Oh, they're like kitty crack. You know. So, right. so for the uh, apple fritters, they're fried. I assume is that right? Yeah, which is weird because he doesn't like fried chicken. He'll eat boiled chicken, he'll eat baked chicken, but he will not eat fried chicken. Well, I'm glad because fried food is no better for cats than it is for us. And, and my only concern about the apple fritters is that they're fried. So a little bit of that goes a long, a long way. My hope is that you don't have apple fritters every day, so he's not getting a lot of these. 
uh, because a lot of these would not I'm be down, helpful uh, for your over cat. 150 pounds in the last four years. So an apple fritter to me is like once every couple of months as a treat. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, don't quote me on it, but I'm sure it's not going to be the worst thing for your cat <laughs> unless your cat has other medical conditions. Having said that, you know, you're, you, you, if you really want, there is a way to do this without your cat stealing the apple fritters. I think your point is, isn't it odd that my cat likes apple fritters? a little fritters? strange. You know, and, and, yeah, and cats, you know, individual cats, it's really an interesting topic. Well, so unfortunately, peas, Steve, peas, we don't have time for that. All those things, I know I'm out of time. We're out of time. But those things are, are a lot of cats like. Thank you, Tony, for the call. You know, time goes very fast when you are here. Sometime we will do it uh, when it's not the middle of the night again, and you can stay a little longer. But I do appreciate you giving us the time this morning. People can hear you at 5.30 on Sunday mornings here on WGN. They can read all your great works at stevedalepetworld.com. It is always a pleasure. You are my favorite person to talk to on the radio and in person, too. Oh, oh, well... So thank, thank you, sir. Thank you for being now, fix here. Tom, fix your producer. Yeah, well, you you can talk to him now. Thanks, Steve. All right, that's Steve Dale. You know Steve Dale. We got to do this. Then it's news time.